The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Welcome to our Resurrection Sunday service. Man, Jesus is alive. He is not dead. And uh, such a glorious day to be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And so today we're going to be talking about what that means uh, in the life of a believer. And uh, man, it's going to be awesome. I'm really thrilled and excited about uh, what we're going to be sharing uh, today with the, in this regard. Amen. And afterwards, we are going to take communion uh, as a family and uh, just discern the Lord's body and remind ourselves of the things that Jesus accomplished for us during this uh, uh, period. And uh, so before we get into service, we're just going to pray and then we will uh, look at everything else that we have uh, for you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you that Jesus is not dead, but that he is alive, that he rose up on the third day, and uh, he is now seated in heavenly places, far, far above all principalities, all powers, uh, every dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And so, Lord, we just thank you, and uh, we're just so excited uh, that our risen Savior uh, has indeed conquered the grave. Amen. And so before we get into today's word, uh, just a few more announcements. Uh, since the lockdown has been extended, we have also extended the book offer uh, from last week. So we're going to extend uh, the book offer from last week. We've been offering uh, Design Your Life with Your Words. Uh, this is a book that my wife wrote. It's the best book ever, okay? So you need to make sure you make a request for this. Uh, she told me to say that. <laughs> And this is another book. This was my actually my first book that I ever published. It's called Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People. It's a powerful book. I love it. It talks about the goodness of God and how God is not the one that's responsible uh, for all the bad things that are happening in the world. It also reveals the good nature uh, of God. And uh, also, if you have any prayer needs, prayer requests, and uh, or you're looking for someone to talk to and you're not in a live group, please be sure to send us an email, admin at faithillchurch.co.za. And that's exactly the same way you're going to get your free books. You send an email to admin at faithillchurch.co.za. Uh, here's another quick reminder as well. Today we are going to take communion after this service, after uh, the ministration of the word. Uh, we are going to take communion as a family, and uh, Chipo and the kids are going to join me. That's why we changed the set today. They're going to join me, and we're going to take communion uh, together uh, as a family, and we encourage you to do the same. And while we're on it, I just want to encourage you to take a picture of uh, uh, your communion elements, yourself, your family, and send it to us uh, just so we can see how you celebrated communion in your own personal space. Man, people have been getting really creative with the with communion during lockdown. Uh, uh, I think Jackie was saying she had coffee and uh, uh, chocolate uh, chip cookies. I don't know if 
she was planning to <laughs> take communion, but that's what she used to take communion with. And I think Karen was saying, you know, she used banana for bread. So, hey, listen, be creative. It's not in, in the actual elements that the power is. Uh, the power is actually in uh, the descending of the Lord's body. And so today, uh, we want to get straight into the word. And I'm telling you, it's going to be powerful. See, because a lot of people, when they look at the uh, uh, what happened this weekend, you know, Jesus uh, going to the cross and dying for us, they all lump it up in one event. They all lump it up as a, as a, as a single transaction. And because of that, they, 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 they shortchange themselves from drawing the power uh, of, of, of how Jesus uh, executed uh, each stage of, of man's redemption, if you will. And so on, on, on Friday, we talked about how when Jesus went to the cross, he accomplished redemption. We talked about how he accomplished uh, the atonement of sin. Uh, we talked about how he also accomplished uh, the propitiation uh, of our sin. And that word propitiation just simply means he appeased the wrath of God. And there is no more wrath in God uh, 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 towards man because of the great sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Scripture says in 1 John uh, 2 verse 2, talking about Jesus, it says he is the propitiation uh, of our sin and not for ours only, but for the entire world. So when Jesus went to the cross, he accomplished our redemption, he accomplished our atonement, uh, and he also accomplished our propitiation. And so what transpired between the three days and the three nights leading up to, to resurrection is what we want to talk about today. Because as we talk about this, it's going to help you be established uh, in your salvation. Scripture says in Romans uh, chapter number 1, verse 16, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it, the gospel, is the power of God uh, unto salvation. So the gospel, when you understand the, the gospel in its entirety, uh, you're going to be established in, in your salvation. And that word salvation in the Greek is soterio. And, and now the study of salvation, uh, if you go to theology school, it's called soteriology. <laughs> It's just a big word. That means, you know, the study of salvation. And the word soterio, which stands for salvation, uh, means to be healed. It means to be delivered from destruction. It means to be prospered. It means to be reconciled uh, with our Heavenly Father. Watch this now, forever. It means to be forgiven, and it also means to be empowered. And so when Jesus declared uh, it is finished at the cross... Uh, uh, you know, Scripture tells us that he, he, he died. And uh, we know that on the third day, uh, he rose again, and that's what we're picking up uh, from today. And so what transpired uh, during the three days and the three nights is what we are going to be studying this morning. So we're going to start off in the book of Ephesians. The Apostle Paul really takes us on a journey uh, of what Jesus accomplished for us, and we're going to join him on this journey uh, just so we can, you know, get a, 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 a fuller revelation uh, of what transpired in the three days uh, and three nights. It says in Ephesians chapter number four, uh, from verse eight to 12 in the King James Bible, that's where I'm reading from, it's talking about Jesus. He says, wherefore, he said, when he ascended up on high, talking about Jesus, he led captivity captive. Now, let me just explain what he's talking about there. He's saying when Jesus rose up again, when Jesus 
was ascended up on high, when he went back to be reconciled with uh, his father to sit at the right hand of the father after all the work had been accomplished, uh, he led captivity captive. That phrase uh, is pointing towards the Old Testament saints uh, who were in a place called paradise or paradiso uh, in the Greek. And these, these people, uh, they had died believing. But because Jesus hadn't fully accomplished the work of uh, reconciling men to God, they could not go to heaven. So they went to a holding place uh, called paradise. And here when he says he led captivity captive, it's talking about when Jesus had defeated all principalities. And we're going to read those scriptures uh, just now. When he defeated all principalities, he went and set these people free from paradise. And now he led a parade to go to heaven, him being the firstborn and them following. And so that's what it's talking about when he says he led captivity captive. And he gave gifts unto men. And he says in verse 9, he opens a bracket there. In parenthesis, he says, Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? So when Jesus died on the cross, he descended into the lower parts of the earth. Uh, of the of of the earth and he says in verse 10 he that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens that he might feel all things and when he ascended verse 11 he gave some to be apostles he gave some to be prophets he gave some to be evangelists he gave some to be pastors and teachers for the perfecting or the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so scripture here is talking about when Jesus died at the cross and it says he descended into the lower parts of the earth. And why did Jesus descend to the lower parts of the earth? Because there was a second work of salvation, of the plan of salvation uh, that needed to happen. And that's the work of retaining uh, the authority that Adam had lost to the devil. And if you read in Colossians chapter number 2, verse 15, it says, when Jesus descended into the uttermost parts of the world, some of you may wonder what happened when he descended into the uttermost uh, parts of the world. Let me tell you what happened. Victory happened. He went and he defeated all those principalities. It says in Colossians 2, uh, verse 15, and having spoiled or defeated principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. Other versions of the Bible says publicly, triumphing over them in it. And so the Apostle Paul is borrowing from a Roman tradition here. And the, 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 the uh, Roman tradition that he's borrowing from is uh, usually what the Romans would do is that after they defeat a king of a certain nation, uh, they would go and bring that king over to uh, their nation to their citizens, and they would parade uh, this defeated king in their own uh, cities and in their own nation to uh, just uh, assure their citizens that there was no more danger from this particular person. And so what they would do is they would strip off of his uh, royal robes, they would uh, parade him naked, they would remove his uh, ring of authority, and they would parade him naked so that everybody can rest easy knowing that there was no more danger coming from that particular nation. Essentially, this is what Jesus did with the devil. When he defeated him, here, the Apostle 
Apostle Paul is showing us that spiritually the same thing happened. He shamed the principalities. He shamed the power of darkness. And there was a parade. And every child of God needs to have this spiritual perspective when dealing with the devil. That the devil is a defeated foe. That Jesus stripped him of all his authority. He stripped him. He defeated him. And he made a public show of him, triumphing over him. So the enemy has no more power over you. The devil cannot uh, make you do anything. The only power that the devil possesses is the power of deception. It's the power to lie to you. Scripture says, uh, like a roaring lion, he goes about uh, looking whom he may devour. He didn't say he is a roaring lion. He says, just like one. <laughs> the devil is a toothless lion. He can't bite you. All he can ever do is gum you. <laughs> Amen? Because Jesus spoiled all principalities. So the first thing that happened during the first uh, the three days and the three nights after the cross when Jesus died was that he went, he descended into the uttermost parts of the world, and he defeated the devil, and he retained all authority. That's why when you read in Revelations chapter number 1, verse 18, Jesus declares that I now have the keys of death and of hell. If you read in uh, Matthew chapter number 28, uh, what we uh, uh, call the Great Commission, Jesus starts off with these words. Now all authority has been given unto me. All authority has been retained to the kingdom of God. He says all authority has been given unto me. Now you go and disciple the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So one of the things he did was he retained our authority uh, from the devil. The authority that Adam lost, Jesus got it back. He took back the keys. He took back uh, the authority and he gave it back to us. And another thing that transpired uh, during the three days and the three nights leading up to resurrection is found in Matthew uh, chapter number 27. And I'm going to read uh, from, from verse 52. And, and, and man, I just want to remind you that you now have authority because Jesus retained that authority from the devil. You now have authority to bind on the earth and whatever you bind on the earth. Scripture says it is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on the earth, it is loosed in heaven. You now have authority uh, to cast out devils. You now have authority to speak to mountains and they move because Jesus retained that authority. And when he retained that authority, he has now given it to us in what is called joint airship. And together with him, we begin to reign in life. That's what, that's what the scripture says in the book of Romans. It says we reign in life uh, together with Jesus. Amen. And so it says in Matthew chapter number 27. And I'm going to read uh, from verse 52 here. Matthew 27 uh, verse 52. This is awesome. This is an awesome uh, passage of scripture. Following after the, 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 the verse that we read last week, on Friday actually, uh, when Jesus was on the cross, when he said it is finished, and he cried out with a loud voice and, and, and he gave up the ghost, uh, which simply means when he uh, cried out with a loud voice, he died, uh, something peculiar happened, something very interesting happened, and, and, and I haven't heard uh, uh, anyone teach on this a lot, but when I was reading my Bible, man, it stood out for me. And it's powerful what transpired uh, in verse 32 leading up to uh, the resurrection of Jesus. He says in verse 52 
of uh, Matthew chapter number 27, if you're following along. It says, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept, which were dead, the saints, remember we talked about he led captivity captive. It says, many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the grave after his resurrection. So this transpired after his resurrection. So what happened was that when Jesus was then raised from the dead and he came back to life, you see, Jesus was raised from the dead. He he didn't faint at the cross. He actually died. And the power of God, the spirit of God, raised him from the dead. It's such a powerful, uh, miraculous thing that transpired there. He says, when he was raised from the dead, verse 53, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. So many of the saints, Old Testament saints, uh, who had died believing in the coming Messiah, uh, many of their bodies came out of the graves after his resurrection. It had to be after his resurrection because Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Scripture says in Colossians 1.18 that Jesus is the firstborn from the dead so that he might have preeminence in everything. So Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. And so they were following behind him. Remember, he led the captivity captive. He led it. He was at the forefront and they were following behind him. And many of these people came out of the graves and went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many. Man, that's powerful. On the day that Jesus rose again from the dead, on a day like today, something miraculous happened in the city of Jerusalem. Many who were dead came out of the grave. Man, there was so much resurrection power available in the atmosphere. There was so much life that was available in the atmosphere that not only did Jesus uh, uh, resurrect from the dead, many of the saints were also seen. Can you imagine? Can you just picture the scene of seeing many people, other you know, commentaries say as many as 500, some say as many as 5,000 were seen in the city of uh, uh, Jerusalem walking. Man, you can see Moses walking, Jeremiah walking, <laughs> Joshua uh, walking, Jacob walking in the, in the streets of Jerusalem. What happened? There was just so much resurrection power available that the saints came back to life. Man, this is awesome. This is powerful. And now let me blow your mind with something that is even more powerful than this. It says that so much uh, resurrection power, so much life was available that dead men were seen walking the streets of of Jerusalem. Let let me blow your mind now. It says that same power which was demonstrated when many came out of the grave. It says that same power which was demonstrated when Jesus was brought back from the dead into life. That same power is resident on the inside of you. Did you hear that? That's what he says in uh, Ephesians chapter number 1, from verse 19 to 20. He says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power. Not not less power, not just 50% of that power. No, he says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That same power which was demonstrated when old, uh, uh, the bodies of the old saints were seen walking, came out of the graves and were seen walking in the streets of Jerusalem. He says that same power is resident on the inside of every single believer. And that's the truth. 
of the message that we preach. The same power is available for all of us, brothers and sisters. If you read in Romans uh, 8, verse 11, it says the same thing. It echoes the same thing. Uh, Romans 8, uh, verse 11, and I'm reading in the New Living Translation. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living in you. If you read in the King James, it says he will quicken your mortal bodies because this same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Man, that's powerful. That means you and I have a supernatural power of God. Scripture says our bodies are the temples of the living spirit, of the Holy Ghost. Our bodies are the temple of the same spirit. Man, in my body right now dwells the same spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And he makes a conclusion here. He says, now, if that same spirit dwells on the inside of you, then that same spirit will quicken your mortal body. In other words, that same spirit will make you live a life uh, of, of, of divine health. That same spirit will defeat any virus. It will defeat any bacteria. It will defeat any sickness. Why? Because it's the resurrecting uh, a life. It's the resurrecting power of God that brings life. Man, that's powerful. Someone shout, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. This is worth declaring over your life every single day. The same power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. I have the from the dead raising power of God living on the inside of me. Man, that's powerful. That is awesome. And what else do we see concerning uh, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Let's go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 15. And I'm going to read from verse 22, from 12, verse 12 to verse 22. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 from verse 12 to verse 22. So, so far, man, as you have been progressively following what I've been talking about, we see that number one, when Jesus descended into the uttermost parts of the world, he defeated Satan. Satan is a defeated foe. He has no authority. He has no dominion anymore over you. He can't make you do anything. The only thing he can do is to try and deceive you. The second thing we see is that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is resident on the inside of you. And so when scripture says believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover, man, we are used taking that same power that raised Jesus from the dead and there is a transfer when we lay hands on the sick. It's almost like a, a man who puts jump, uh, a jumper cables from another car that's got a battery that's fully loaded uh, to another car that's got a battery that's flat. Now, the world's batteries are flat. Believers' batteries are fully loaded. And when we go out into the world and we lay hands on the sick, there is a supernatural transfer of this same power. Listen, this power can bring to life dead things. And if it can bring to life dead things, it can cover anything Anything else in between, any kind of sickness, any cancer, any tumor is in between. It can be covered by this life. And when you go out and lay hands on the sick, don't try to do it based on your own effort. 
This entire weekend, the past three days, we've been talking about the grace of God personified in the cross and in the finished work of Jesus. And today we are continuing in the same breath. See, when you, when you do ministry, you never do it in your own wisdom. You never do it in your own strength. When you lay hands on the sick, you know, I've met people who say, you know, at Pastor T, I'm getting ready to go to the hospital and lay hands on the sick. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be on a fast, seven-day fast, 15-day fast, so that when I get to... Uh, 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 the hospital, I'm going to be all powerful to lay hands on the sick. Man, if you try to lay hands uh, on the sick, if you try to do the work of ministry based on your own power, you're going to fail miserably. But when you start realizing that I can do ministry in the power of what Jesus accomplished during these three days and three nights, you retained that authority. And I'm, I'm, I'm operating in the authority of Jesus. And I'm laying hands on the sick based on the resurrection, resurrecting power of Christ that is resident on the inside of me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. When I do ministry, that's who I'm dependent on. I'm dependent on, on, on the Holy Spirit. I'm dependent on his power. I'm not dependent on, on, on how much I study the word. I'm not dependent. Though it's important to study the word, I'm not dependent on I'm not leaning on that because that's not where the power of God comes from. The power of God comes from the fact that Jesus accomplish these things for us uh, uh, during the, 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 the resurrection story. Man, that's powerful. And so it says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse 22, if you're following along, this is powerful. I love this passage of scripture. The apostle Paul makes a compelling argument uh, with some apostles uh, who had started uh, ignoring the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. Uh, they had started becoming very passive about the doctrine of, of, of resurrection. And, and I remember posting something uh, a few years ago, several years ago, about the resurrection of, of Jesus on, on Twitter. I said something like, why are you looking uh, for, for, for the living amongst the dead? Uh, Jesus is risen from the dead. And, you know, the Twitter world, uh, some of them, they believe they are very woke. They believe they are more woke than the Bible. Man, they came at me and they came down on me saying, no, no man has ever been raised from the dead and so on and so forth. And I had to push back because this is the foundation of my very existence. This is the foundation of, of my Christianity. This is the foundation. Listen, if, if, if you allow man to take away the doctrine of resurrection, you may as well uh, consider yourself a non-Christian because this is the very foundation of how you and I can claim uh, to be Christians. And I'm going to explain why uh, uh, shortly as, as we read uh, this verse. So I had to push back. I had to tell them, you know what? Jesus was indeed raised from the dead on the third day, and he is now seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and every name that is named, not only in this world and also in the world to come. This is the very foundation. That's why scripture says in Romans 10 verse 9, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead. It didn't say if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus died for you on the cross. Though it is true, your foundation, the foundation of your salvation, the foundation of your deliverance, the foundation of your very existence as a child of God and, and a Christian rests in this reality. It's not even a theology. It's not a doctrine. It's a reality. It rests in this reality that Jesus rose from the dead. 
He's not dead. He didn't stay dead. Praise God. He was risen. And the scripture says when you believe it in your heart and when you confess it with your mouth, you shall be saved. You shall be sorcered. And so what does the apostle Paul do? He, 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 he brings a really compelling argument in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 20, 12 to 22. He says, now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how come some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain, and your faith also is in vain. You see, if Christ, uh, if you cannot uh, uh, stand on the doctrine of resurrection, if Christ is not risen from the dead, it makes your faith in vain, it makes our preaching in vain, because the very foundation of what we do is the resurrection uh, of Jesus. And some of you may say, but why? The reason is Jesus is the firstborn of those who translated from the dead into life. And remember, Scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 17, If any man be in Christ, is a new creature. Behold, old things have passed away, and everything has become new. Scripture claims in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that when we receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we are recreated. We are created anew. We are born again. We become uh, new creatures. Uh, we move from death uh, to life. We were dead in our trespasses, and now we've been made alive. Now, the only reason we can claim that to be true is if Jesus was also moved from the dead into life because he is the preeminent. He's the firstborn. He's the first one to prove to the world that indeed you can move from a dead state into life. Amen. And if you, you, you let them take away this doctrine that Jesus was indeed raised from the dead, if, you, if, you, if you're passive about the resurrection and, and you, you don't have, you're not established in your heart and in your faith about the resurrection, man, you're going to be a slacky Christian. You know why? Because you're not going to have a solid foundation. Scripture says in the book of Psalms, if the foundations be broken or be taken away, what can the righteous do? And the answer to that is nothing. The righteous can't accomplish anything if their foundation has been taken. And that's the compelling argument that the Apostle Paul is making towards the resurrection. If we claim to be new creatures, if we claim to be born again, we died with him and now we are raised up again with him, then this resurrection, the first one, has to be a reality. Praise God. And he says in, uh, in uh, verse 15, Yea, we are found to be false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, uh, whom he raised not up. If so, that the dead rise not. And here he's saying, man, if the resurrection is taken away, then the dead uh, cannot be risen. And guess what? Before you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were dead. <laughs> if they take away uh, the fact, the reality that Jesus was raised from the dead, then guess what? You were not re created. You were not created anew, and you're not a, a born-again Christian. You're not a new creature, but Jesus actually was raised from the dead, and therefore I can boldly uh, state and claim that I am indeed a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? He says in verse 16, for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ uh, raised, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, 
and you are yet in your sins. You're still a dead, dead, dead uh, uh, a spirit. Verse 18, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. So no one is going to be resurrected in the future. If this is so, in life, in this life we only have hope in Christ. We are the most miserable. And he's saying, man, if resurrection didn't take place, then we, be, we become the most miserable. Verse 20. But now, he states this as a statement of fact. He says, but now Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And he has become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also comes the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22, this is the conclusion. He says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. He is saying that when you were born, you know, uh, 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 when you were born naturally, before you got born again. Remember, that's what Jesus said uh, to Nicodemus. He said, a man cannot inherit the kingdom of God unless they be born again. He's talking about this translation from the kingdom of darkness, from death into life. And we identified with Adam in our dead state. He says, for as in Adam, all died. When you were born, you identified with Adam and you identified with death. And when you received Jesus as your personal uh, Lord and Savior, you were made alive. Praise God. You were no longer just a dead spirit. No, your spirit came alive in God. You became a new creature. And just like the Apostle Paul says, he says, man, I was crucified with him. Though it's no longer I that lives now, Christ lives on the inside of me. The Apostle Paul begins to say things like, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ uh, uh, lives in me. Uh, the Apostle Paul also begins to say in Ephesians 2, from verse 5 to 6, he says, even when we were dead in our sins. See, when you were dead in your sins, you identified with Adam. So is any man out there who has not received their Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior? They identify with, with, with Adam. We are talking about the doctrine of uh, identity here, of identification. You and I, when we got born again, now we identify with Jesus. We don't identify with Adam anymore. We identify with Jesus. Those who are still not born again, though, they identify with Adam. And because of that, they identify with death, and they are still dead in their sin nature. They are still dead in their trespasses. But watch what it says in Ephesians 2 from verse 5 to 6. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. Uh, uh, this is powerful. This, this, this man, this radically changed my life. Uh, this is a, a reality that will just renew your mind to the fact that you are indeed now a new creature. You have been born again. Even when we baptize people in the water, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a symbol of them moving from death to life. It's a doctrine of identification. I don't even like to call it a doctrine. It's a reality of identification. We used to identify with Adam. Now we identify with Jesus. Amen? And so this is why the Apostle Paul says uh, in Ephesians 2, 5 to 6, Ephesians 2, Five to six. He says, even when we were dead in sins, has he quickened us together. See that word? Together. He quickened us 
together with Christ. What that means is when Jesus was raised from the dead, if you are born again, you were also raised up, watch this now, together with him. And he says, by grace are you saved, uh, verse 6, and has raised us up together. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, you were raised up with him. He says, yes, he raised us up together. And now let me blow your mind. And he says, and he has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Man, this is powerful. This is talking about your born-again experience. You, used, you started off in a dead state, identifying with Adam. And when you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, everything that Jesus went through at the cross, you identify with that. In other words, Scripture counts it to your account that you also went through it because you are now identifying with Jesus. And what that means is you died with him when Jesus died on the cross. You died with him at the cross. And when Jesus was quickened, you were quickened with him. And Jesus was raised up from the dead. You came a new creature. Behold, everything has passed away and everything has become brand new. And when Jesus was raised up on his ascension day and is now seated in heavenly places, guess who else ascended with him? Man, this is powerful. <laughs> you just have to receive it by revelation. Amen. He says you were ascended together with him. And you know what that means? That means you and I are now seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities. Man, I'm seated in Christ right now. I may be in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm seated uh, above all the cares of this world. I'm seated above all the chaos uh, in this world. I'm, I'm, I'm just an ambassador in this world, but I'm not of it. You know why? Because spiritually, it's been credited to my account that when Jesus was raised up from the dead, I rose with him. Man, that's powerful. And so don't let any man take away this reality from your heart. Don't let any man uh, shake uh, uh, this conviction from your heart that Jesus uh, was not raised from the dead. Some have claimed... That no, uh, when he went to the cross, he didn't really die. He just fainted. And so they came and uh, uh, stole his body at the night and so on and so forth. You know, the soldiers, the Roman soldiers who guarded his tomb were paid uh, to, to, to say that. And they said it to some people and some people believe that. And some people today say it's not really practical that a man can be raised from the dead. You know, science and technology try to shake uh, this reality from your heart. Man, don't let them do it. This is a reality that the Apostle Paul says, if we allow any man to shake it from our hearts, if we allow any man to, to steal it from our hearts, man, we will be left with no foundation. We will be left with no salvation. And I'm telling you, this is a truth. This is a reality that we all need to be established in, that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and that right now he is seated in heavenly places. And guess who's seated in him? I am. I'm seated right now in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and every name that is named not only in this world and in the world to come. Man, I'm telling you, we are victorious. That's all that's speaking of. It's speaking of how you and I are victorious in Jesus. Jesus attained this victory for us. We, we identified with Adam before we were born again and we identified with defeat. Now that we identify with Jesus in, the, in our new life, guess what we identify with? We identify with victory. Man, we are victorious 
uh, are Christians. I'm a victorious child of God. I'm filled with the power of God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I'm seated in heavenly places right now. And therefore, because of I have this reality established in my heart, I can live a life in a state of calmness. I can live a life without trying to prove uh, to anyone uh, that I'm a child of God. I mean, these are truths. These are realities. I don't need to get any, any man's approval uh, uh, in life. You know why? Because I've been established in these realities and these truths. And man, I'm telling you, when you start meditating on these truths, when you start meditating on the finished work of the cross, uh, all the way to the resurrection of Jesus, all the way to him ascending after 40 days and him sitting at the right hand of the Father. As you start to realize how much Jesus accomplished for us uh, on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension, man, I'm telling you, it will cure you from uh, uh, ever trying to earn the power of God. It will defeat uh, the spirit of religion that tries to make you uh, uh, live uh, uh, your life and base your relationship with God uh, on uh, uh, works and, and, and performance. No, it's not based on works and performance anymore uh, because it is indeed based on uh, the works and the performance of Jesus. And Jesus uh, outperformed defeat. He outperformed death. He outperformed hell. And Jesus is victorious and so are uh, you. Praise God. Man, this gets me fired up, as you can tell. And so now uh, we're going to get into uh, our communion service, and I'm just going to invite uh, this, my family uh, to come and join me as we get into the communion service. Uh, as they come, we're going to remind you quickly of uh, some of the announcements and uh, the announcements that we have here, book offer. Uh, we're still offering this book for another week, Design Your Life with Your Words. And uh, we are still offering uh, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? So if you would like to get a copy of these two books, please be sure to send us an email at admin at faithwithchurch.co.za. Hello. How are you doing? Say hello to everybody. Tell them what your name is. Say hello. My name is Mercy. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. All right, guys, we're going to invite you to grab all your communion elements as we get into our communion service uh, for today. And uh, so we're going to jump straight into it. This is not a ritual. This is a spiritual reminder that Jesus gave us uh, so that we can discern his body. Amen. And so scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse 23, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took the bread. You guys may take the bread. Don't eat yet. You're going to hold it in your hands like we always do. He took the bread when he was betrayed. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We're going to do our confessions. You guys are ready? Remember the confessions? Mm -hmm. We're going to do our confessions. So you can say these words after me. His body, His body, His body was, wounded was wounded for my transgressions. For my transgressions. 
bruised for my iniquities, bruised for my iniquities, the chastisement of my peace, chastisement of my peace was upon him, was upon him, and with his stripes, and with his stripes, I am healed. I am healed because of Jesus' body. Because of Jesus' body, I am healed from all sicknesses. I'm healed from all sicknesses. I live. I live and walk and walk in divine health. In divine health. You may partake of the body. Yummy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Say thank you, Jesus. Amen. First Corinthians eleven twenty-five. In the same manner, you also took the cup after supper, saying, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me." Confessions. You guys are ready for your confessions? Ready? Yeah. All right, let's say because of his blood. Because of his blood. All my sins. All my sins. Are washed away. Are washed away. My mind. My mind. Is purged. Is purged. From all dead works. From all dead works. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Speaks on my behalf. Speaks on my behalf. It speaks of better things. It speaks of better things. Than the blood of bullocks. Than the blood of bullocks. And animals. And animals. I am delivered. I am, am delivered from all sin. From all sin. And the guilt of sin. And the guilt of sin. I belong. I belong to a better covenant. To a better covenant. Established. Established on better promises. On better promises. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. In Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may partake of the blood. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to partake as we discern the Lord's body. Lord, we just thank you uh, for the story of the resurrection of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the privilege and the opportunity to be identified with Jesus. We are no longer identified with Adam, but we are identified with Jesus. And therefore, when Jesus died on the cross, we died with him. When he was raised up, we were raised up with him. He's seated right now in a place of rest. We rest in the promises of God. And so, Lord, we just thank you and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who-